crazier for all of us I am sure um, but you know what it's it's time to, to bring back the podcast it's time to talk about sports it's what we need right now I'm sure we all tuned in to the last dance uh, on ESPN last night which was absolutely fantastic and I'm excited to be back it's good to be back and have the podcast going again again this is breakfast with Brett welcome I am your host Brett Kohler um, not a lot going on in sports, but we do have something big coming up. We do have a, a very big thing coming up in sports besides a documentary. We have the 2020 NFL Draft. That's right, the 2020 NFL Draft on its way. Uh, first off, we just, uh, you know, for earlier, this is a one-man podcast. I do everything on my own, so I recorded that and then moved over to my table to record the podcast. Um, all in one motion, all in one swift I would think pretty smooth transition for you know what it was. Me playing guitar, taking the guitar off, turning the amp on, turning the pedal off. Smooth. Overall smooth. Probably one of the smoothest things I've done um, in a long time. Partially due to lack of opportunity and also just due to just not being very smooth. Anyways though, again, big thing going back. We got the 2020 NFL Draft coming in. And guess what? The next three days, we're going to come at you with a couple mock drafts. That's right. I'm bringing you a couple mock drafts, keeping you interested, keeping you engaged. It's what I try to do. That's what Breakfast with Brett tries to do. Uh, luckily for you, we're going to have a couple guests on, a couple guest interviews um, coming in via phone, via telephone, as we're all trying to stay um, you know, isolated during this time, six feet away. Um, but hopefully, you know, uh, this brings a little joy to your to your world, you know, a little joy, a little happiness. Again, we're talking NFL Mock Draft 2020, and let's just get right into it. The first pick of the draft is going to be made by the Cincinnati Bengals, who had an abysmal season last year. Uh, 1-15, really struggled. Uh, A.J. Green never saw the field. Andy Dalton struggled. New coach Zach Taylor couldn't translate the success from the Sean McVay-type offensive system. Um, didn't really work in Cincy. Nothing really worked in Cincy last year. They've overhauled the defense and um, free agency, pretty much assigning the Vikings um, secondary uh, with Trey Waynes and McKen- Mackenzie Alexander. So best of luck to the Cincinnati- people of Cincinnati there. And they have a really interesting and what I would say easy choice um, with the first pick of the draft. Um, when you get the first pick, generally you need a quarterback. And, and this year you have a great quarterback at the top of the draft. I mean, a guy who had a meteoric rise up the boards. You have Joe Burrow, probably one of the best, if not the best, college football seasons I have personally ever seen. Seen. <laughs> seen. Um, really an outstanding season. You watch that national championship game. You watch the college playoffs, and it was easy to see who should the number one pick of the draft should be. Um, not only that, but he's a, he's a kid from Ohio. He's from southeastern Ohio. He's going to sell tickets for the black and orange. Um, and I think it's a really easy pick. I, I don't think they should overthink it too much. Um He's a playmaker, and he's going to make that team better. I think he fits well. He had a pro-style system last year um, at LSU under Joe Brady, who, of course, came from the, the New Orleans Saints. 
Coach O hired him on. Joe Brady, fun fact, now the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers, who were rumored to be potentially trying to move up to the spot um, until they signed my boy Teddy Bridgewater in free agency. Good for Teddy. Uh, nice little bounce back for him. Um, but long story short, Bengals are in a great chance, great opportunity here to reset their franchise um, and take the Heisman Trophy winner, get people in the stands in Cincinnati once they can get back in the stands. He's going to energize, you know, Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1990, guys. I was born that year. Um, so they really haven't won a playoff game essentially in my lifetime. Um, and I think Joe Burrow could be the guy that potentially leads him to a playoff victory. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. He's going to take his lumps. Um, but Pete Manning went 3-13 and in his first season as a starter. So, I mean, you know, it's 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 okay to struggle in your first year. Um, and I, you know, I don't hope. I think he could go 5-11, though. He's, he's got the talent. Again, coming into the season, a meteoric rise up the draft boards. Most were pe- pegging him around the 4th, 5th round. Solid quarterback, you know, maybe make a career out of a backup, a la Chase Daniel. Uh, shout out to him, most successful NFL career um, of anybody. You know, look up the stats, like per play, per pass, for those of you who don't know about it. Chase Daniel is is doing well. Um, but no, Joe Burrow can, is going to have a great career. He's going to start from day one. Um you expect the Bengals probably to move on from Andy Dalton, whether it be a trade um, this weekend, which I could see maybe for a fifth, sixth-round pick. Not great return value or release, uh, which, again, which is not um, a great return value as well. But um, I think Andy Dalton deserves another shot. He's a, he's a decent quarterback. If nothing else, he's going to be probably one of the best backups in the league. But I think he'll get a shot to start somewhere else in the NFL this year. Now, enough about the Cincinnati Bengals. We're moving on to the Washington Redskins. In, in, in an interesting position here, Washington. And, a team that struggled, um, you know, coming into the season. Well, I mean, coming into last season, they expected to have Alex Smith probably as their quarterback. Um, you know, he injured his, his leg the year prior. Uh, just a devastating industry, injury. Do not watch the replay. Um, it's one of those kind of injuries. You know, it's kind of injury. But, he, you know, he's obviously not there. He's the highest-paid quarterback in the team, but he's not there, and obviously not his own fault. Uh, they signed Case Keenum, which was a decent move. Thought they would keep him afloat for a while, keep him from being at the number one two pick um, that they're at right now. Didn't pan out. Roster full of holes. Coach gone. Um, and yeah, now they moved on. They moved on from Jay Gruden. They've got uh, Ron Revere now as the coach. Uh, former Carolina Panthers coach, well respected around the league. Um, great defensive mind. And I think that's where the Washington Redskins go here. I think they're going to hear some trade offers, but I don't think it's going to be anything. Worth their salt because who they're going to take is probably the guy that's number one on a lot of people's draft boards, and that's going to be Chase Young, the defensive end out of Ohio State. You watch the guy, physical freak, um, really good player. You don't see a, you see a high floor with this guy. You don't see a lot of bust potential. Which when you're picking this high in the draft, to me, you know, you don't want to go into it scared, but you, you want to get it right. You know, you want to get it right, and. Um, and I think Chase Young is a good pick for him here. You team him with Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Montez Sweat um, out of Mississippi State last year, their second-round pick um, from last year. I think you got a really formidable front with Ron Revere to work there. You rotate him in and out. Um, I mean, look how well it worked for the 49ers. You build from the inside out, and I think I think that's what Washington's goal should be, especially with Ron Revere as a coach, as a defensive-minded coach. Um, to me, it makes really sense. Now, there is, of course, the debate. What do you think? Of, you know, what do you think of Dwayne Haskins? What I saw early in the season, well, late in the season from him, early in his career, what I say was the most encouraging. No, 
No, I would not. Um, but he does. He's got the the, the physical potential. I think he's got. Hey, he was great at Ohio State. He's slaying the ball everywhere. So I think you got to give him some more time in the system. Get a good, stable coaching environment around him, which is not something that's happened very often in Washington. Um, but you're hoping, you know, with the hire of Ron Rivera, that's something that you're hoping happens. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I'm going. Washington, number two, Chase Young, defensive end out of Ohio State. Now, this is where I think the draft really starts, is number three. With Jeff, uh, well, that's who I'm going to project there. You guys will get there here. But we have a special guest on the phone. That's right. We got Todd Kuyper Berman, Jr. Um, some of you have met him before. Some of you have not. Uh, absolutely dynamite analyst. Um, and we're going to get Todd on the phone. Let's see. Uh, Todd, uh, how you doing today, buddy? And we're just wondering, what do you think the Gi- the Lions are going to do at three? Well, first off, Brett, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, good to get on the podcast. Uh, hearing a lot of things about this number three pick, mostly what I'm hearing is trade, trade, trade. That's right, Brett. I'm talking about lots of trades, lots of moves, lots of big things happening with this third pick. Mavitrician, a big year, looking to make things happen for the Detroit Lions needs more picks to make that happen, was active in free agency, also traded away Darius Slay, so you got to look for quarterback, cornerback, that is, uh, Jeffrey Okuda's probably going to be later, available later in the top 10, that's probably where the Lions are looking to stay within the top 10, and I think that could be their move, uh, I definitely think that could be the move for them, uh, and yeah, back to you, Brett. Thank you, Todd, um, yeah, he kind of stole the words right out of my mouth, um, I think, you know, Long story short, I think the Lions are going to end up with Jeff Okuda at a cornerback at Ohio State. Um, he's a lockdown corner. Everybody's projecting this guy to be a lockdown corner. He's, you know, he's got the, the measurables. He's got the, you know, the testing numbers, and, and he's got the, he's got the tape too. Uh, when you look at the guy, he's got great tape, and I think he's he's a no brainer pick now. Do I think the Lions make that pick at three? I don't. But for the sake of this mock draft, I'm just going to stick with no trades. I do think Todd is right that trade, trade, trade. Like I said, this is where the draft starts. And I think somebody's going to trade up to either get Herbert or uh, or Bear, if you want to pronounce it in the French version, or, or Tua out of Alabama, the quarterbacks. I think this is where the spot could happen, whether it be Miami or Los Angeles. And we'll, and we'll get to that later. Um, but, you know, for the sake of this mock draft, I'm, I'm picking Okuda to the Lions. Matt Patricia, he is in a make-or-break year. You you can't go three and thirteen. Um, you know the Lions, they got a great quarterback, Stafford. You know, as a Vikings fan, Stafford is. You never know if he he can beat you. Um, and he he was dinged up last year, which I think, you know, demoralized the team. Obviously, when you're starting Jeff Driscoll for, you know, six seven games like they were, but, you know, he's nine twenty two and one. This is Matt Patricia nine twenty two and one in his two seasons as coach. So he, he needs to win now to keep his job. Um, and I think Jeffrey Okuda, or Jeff Okuda, my apologies, Jeff, uh, is the pick. I think they could be making it five. They could be making it six. I don't see them going down any farther than, you know, maybe nine. And again, we'll, and we'll get to that. Um, but, I, I mean, even still, I don't, I don't think they trade out of the top six. Cause I think this is their guy. You know, he's a, he's a Midwestern guy, Midwestern college guy. And I think it just makes too much sense. Looking at number four, again, another interesting spot. Um, a lot of people, the Giants have a lot of holes. Um, the Giants, the New York Giants are making this pick and a lot of holes. Uh, luckily for one of them, um, you know, well, they would like to think one of them isn't quarterback. Daniel Jones, so some promise last year, had his ups, had his downs, way too turnover prone um, at the quarterback position. But, you know, he's got potential, you know, just as much, just like Haskins. They both have potential. I haven't seen enough personally from either of them to say, 
that's the guy. That's who they should run with. But, you know, I think, you know, they both deserve at least a year or two um, to try to work it out in the NFL because it takes a long time to adjust from the college game to the pro game um, at the quarterback position. But back to the Giants pick again. If the Lions don't make a trade, I could see this as another potential spot for trades. Um, and speaking of that, I think, you know, we're going to bring in Todd again. Todd, what do you think about the Giants at four? Again, thanks for having me on the show. Again, much similar to the Lions at number three. This is a spot where you could see moves, 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 talking trades, trades, trades. That's right. Uh, again, New York looking to acquire picks, looking to improve the team, looking to approve around Daniel Jones. That's the key right now. So you got to think if they stay at this pick, offensive lineman, if you got to think they move down, maybe look at the receiver. Uh, the receiving core somewhat depleted ever since the trade of OBJ. That's something they could do. But again, there's a lot of holes to fill in this team. Could see them getting multiple picks, adding multiple people along the diff- line spots. I'm talking offensive line. I'm talking defensive line. But again, if they stay, look for them to draft an offensive lineman. I think that's the move. Although Isaiah Simmons has been rumored, the linebacker slash safety slash cornerback slash whatever you want to call him defensive player from Clemson has been a hot uh, topic here a hot commodity at this spot but again depending on how the quarterbacks fall and how that third pick with the Lions goes uh, you could see a lot of movement here at the four spot thanks again Todd uh, expert analysis um, you know I, and I think he absolutely nailed it on the head I think they're going to go either two directions well three directions trade um, Isaiah Simmons Who's a defensive player, but I what I the direction I think they're going to win. I think they're Tristan Wolfs out of uh, I Wolfs. My apologies. The offensive tackle out of Iowa. Um, he's a great fit there. He could start at right tackle from day one, or even left tackle. Um, he's a grinder. Uh, a really good player. I believe he played drums in high school, so he really knows how to march to his own beat. That was a terrible joke. But anyways, I think he's a better fit. Not only does it help Daniel Jones. You know, stay safe in the pocket because Nate Soldier's been a disaster ever since signing there as a free agent. But you know, he also keeps Saquon running, and Saquon's you know the best player on the team. Uh, you don't draft a guy number two um, to not feed him the ball. And I think he helps. I think he helps the most important players in the New York Giants. So that's why I'm going Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa with the fourth pick. Now, of course, at the fifth pick, again, this is a team that I think is going to trade up just to secure. They've got 13 draft picks. They got a lot of draft capital. Um, I think they're going to trade up. That's right, the Miami Dolphins. Now, their first pick's going to be a quarterback. They got the journeyman, Fitz Magic there. I think he's a great mentor for a year for whichever quarterback they draft. Of course, the top two remaining on the board, consensus-wise, are Justin Herbert out of Oregon, or, of course, uh, Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama. And we got Todd one more time. Todd at five. What are you hearing about the Dolphins? Well, when you look at the Dolphins, I mean, this is the team that controls the draft, everybody. These are the guys that control the draft. You know, I don't think they're going to be picking at number five. I do think they're going to move up. I do think they're going to try to secure the quarterback at either three or four. That could cost them a second-round pick this year. But, again, they have 13 picks in this draft. A lot of capital. Um, They have a lot of ammo to move with. They do control the draft. They have a lot of new players, a lot of new people coming in. Dolphins were active in free agency. Uh, Brian Flores had a heck of a year. Had a heck of a year he did, he did. as a coach there for the Dolphins. Uh, looking for him to make big moves again. I think if they're picking here with the way the draft board currently stands, they're picking a quarterback, but I do think they move up to, to try to protect themselves, to, to protect themselves um, from other teams moving yeah, up. And swooping in. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Todd. Herbert lately. I still think it's going to be two at three. Uh, Hype so much, tank for Tua. You can't let the fans down. They wanted you to tank. You kind of tanked. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that's what the Dolphins are going to do. I think they're going to move up, but I think... With the way this mock draft is going right now, I think two out of five uh, is the pick. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to fight Todd on this one. I think uh, he's he's an expert. He knows what he does. He's got a lot of good connections. 
um, within the industry. So I think that's the pick. I think it's two at five. The fans have wanted him for over a year. They thought they were going to be making the pick at number one. They end up making it at number five in this mock draft. A really good scenario for the Miami Dolphins. Now, of course, moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you know, it, they've had a tough time marketing. And they've had a tough time growing within the Los Angeles market. And they need a quarterback. Uh, they just let, you know, Phillip go. Hall of Fame career, in my opinion. Um, going to Canton, Phil. Now in Indy for the year. Maybe two years. Who knows how long Phil's going to stay around there. But anyways, long story short, Tyrod Taylor's the top of the quarterback depth chart for the Los Angeles Chargers who are picking at number six. Now, I have no problem with Tyrod Taylor. I think he's probably one of the best backups in the league. And I think he's a serviceable starter. But he's not a guy to me, especially in division, which has Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, who I think is probably, is, you know, he's pretty good, and Drew, Ma- Drew Locke out of Denver, who looked like he, he looked pretty good um, in his five games that he started for the Denver Broncos going 4-1. and one. And they got some weapons on the outside there with Cortland Sutton and uh, Noah Fant, the tight end they drafted in the first round uh, out of Iowa last year. But the Los Angeles Chargers need a quarterback, whether that be Tua or Justin Herbert. In this scenario, it's just going to be Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Um, as the pick. And, and to me, that makes sense. He's a total West Coast guy. Grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, grew up, you know, ended up being an Oregon Duck. Left into a Rose Bowl victory last year. Shined in the South, Southern California sunshine last year in the Rose Bowl. And I just think it makes too much sense. They can put his big old billboard on the 101. Put it, you know, on the 10. Put it on, you know, the 110. All the freeways. The 5. I, it could be a good spot on the 5 there. To get some Chargers fans. You go in South to San Diego. That's a hot spot. Anyways, for those of you that don't know the Los Angeles freeway system, um, I think he's a good fit. I think Justin Herbert's a good fit for the Chargers at six. I think it's kind of a no-brainer decision for them. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's I think it's a good move. Now moving on to number seven, this is where things to me really uh, get interesting. You got we've got the top three quarterbacks off the board. The next teams seven through ten, I don't really feel like need a quarterback because they've either drafted one high. Uh, within the past couple of years, or they signed one via free agency. Looking at number seven, we have the Carolina Panthers, who have, as talked about earlier, signed Teddy Bridgewater in free agency. I believe it was three-year, $63 million deal. Pretty good pretty good terms for Teddy. Starting over again, um, big rebuild coming here in, in North Carolina for the Panthers. Uh, Matt Rule, a new coach coming in from Baylor. Uh, like I said earlier, brought in Joe Brady from LSU to be his offensive coordinator. What a meteoric rise for that guy. But I don't think they go offense with this pick. I think they go defense, and they got, you know, they got somebody on the board right now who I think is is a versatile defender. I talked about him, every, you know, Todd talked about him every uh, earlier. Isaiah Simmons, he can play a little bit of everywhere, and um, with the retirement of Luke Keekley, Keekley, uh the loss of Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Vernon Butler, I think this guy he fills, um, you know, needs all across the board um, for this team. So. Um, he's an absolute. He's a fantastic pick, um, and I think Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson is the pick right now for the uh, Carolina Panthers. Coming up next, I think is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be Jedrick, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who of course picked Kyler Murray. Uh, give me one. Second. podcast is done in real time, folks. As you've seen, I just got a delivery, a food delivery. Uh, and, you know, obviously going to the grocery store is not ideal this time. 
Um, so yeah, I guess got a delivery from uh, HelloFresh. Shout out to HelloFresh. Great service. Keep it up. Keep up the great work. So I had to run out and get that. But I apologize for the delay because we're on to number eight to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, made a great draft pick last year. The rest of the draft for them last year, the 2019 draft, was not great, but they nailed the number one pick, and that's what you need to do when you get the number one pick, as discussed earlier. They drafted their guy. They got their guy, Kyler Murray. He looked like a, he looked like it's going to work in the NFL. He looked like it's going to work. Um, and so you need to protect the guy. And I think the obvious choice here is an offensive tackle. And I think the offensive tackle they're going to take is going to be Jedrick Willis Jr. out of Alabama. Um, big guy probably meant for the right side of the offensive line. Um, but he's going to start right away. He's going to walk in. He's going to start right away. He's going to help protect Kyler Murray. And that's what you need to do. You need to protect your assets. You need to protect, well, mine is probably DeAndre Hopkins, probably the best player on the team already, Kyler Murray. I mean, his skill set um, fits so well with Cliff Kingsbury's offense, who learned a lot as a head coach last year. I think his system, he really adapted well uh, last year to what he was going for. Um, you know, a lot of people were wondering what he was going to do as a head coach. Um, and I think he turned out all right. And I think the future is bright for Arizona. Of course, made the big trade for DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. Still got Larry Fitz. Um, Kenyon Drake onto the franchise tag for the team. So uh, what could be a, a very lethal offense? Because Drake Drake was good um, after the trade for Miami last year. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that's the pick. I just, you just need to protect Kyler Murray. Um, it's a tough decision for them because Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn, is sitting right there for him um, for the taking. But I just I just think the right pick for them is going to be Jedrick Willis Jr. Coming out of Jacksonville now. Again, they they traded Nick Foles. Uh, the quarterback position is in flux. You know, Leonard Fournette's petitioning to get Cam Newton apparently to sign with to sign with the squad. Right now, the team is running with Gardner Minshew, and if you got Minshew as your starting quarterback, you need to keep getting him weapons. They have DJ Shark, they have DD Westbrook, um, but they need somebody. They need one more. I think they just need somebody to take him over the top. Can you imagine another team with them? And so that's why I'm going to bring in uh, another guest. Um, is my good buddy Boomer Wilkinson, an insider uh, for football, former NAIA three-time All-American punter, uh, now the coach of the Chaska Middle School West eighth grade football team. Real good guy, and he's got some great insights um, onto the Jacksonville team at number nine, really connected with that team. Uh, Boomer, um, what, what do you say? Hey, Todd, thanks for having me on. Quite the, uh, quite the introduction you gave me there. Um, it's Brett, you know, it's fine. Jaguars and- and what's frustrating to the people in Northern Florida is this team two years ago, you know, two, three years ago, was in the AFC Championship. We were leading the Patriots in the fourth quarter, and, and we still haven't let that go. Um, but really, you look at the big thing here with Jaguar. Well, we got a lot of faith. We got a lot of faith in our man Gardner. He's got a hell of a mustache, mm-hmm. uh, and he's a hell of a leader. And uh, we need to surround him with weapons. So I think. I think the smart thing for the Jaguars to do, and they're already off to a great start this offseason, getting rid of that Foles contract off the books. Absolutely a huge move, but I think the smart thing to do is draft a receiver. Now, it comes down to two names. It comes down to Jerry Judy at Alabama, um, who we've seen play multiple times on television, on CBS. Or, you know, do we go with somebody like a a C.D. Lamb uh, at Oklahoma, uh, who's, who's a playmaker as well? So, you know, you got Judy, polished route maker, Lamb, a polished playmaker. 
you know, who who do you choose? Who do you choose? And that and that's that's the tough decision for the, for the Jacksonville front office. But that you know, that's why they get paid the big bucks. You know. And and that's Boomer for you guys. I mean, I, I apologize for him being a little over the map, calling me Todd. And uh, I, I guess he's he's moved down to Jacksonville now. Yeah, he just texted me. He's at Coral Coral Palms Eighth Grade High School now. So, uh, anyways, Eighth Grade High School, which again doesn't make sense. Boomer's all over the map today, but a good guy, and obviously some good insight from him. Um, you know, I think I think the pick is going to be Judy at nine. Um, just makes sense to me. Get Gardner Minshew as many weapons as possible. He's a six-round pick um, and showed some promise. Um, just as much as you know, Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins did. He showed some promise. He's got a powerful stash. And with that powerful stash, you need powerful people to surround you to make to make things happen. And, um, and I think Judy's the pick. Last pick of the day we're going to talk about is going to be the Cleveland Browns. It's right. And I think they're going to go, again, just similar to the Arizona Cardinals at eight. They drafted Baker Mayfield two years ago with the number one pick. Has shown signs of, of being a, a good, a very good NFL quarterback, but he's also showed signs of, of being a bad one. And some of that's due to uh, lack of protection on the offensive line. They sign, uh, you know, Conklin this year, Jack Conklin over from the Tennessee Titans to protect his right side. And I think they get somebody to protect his left. Um, and that's why I'm going to go with Makai Benton, offensive tackle out of Louisville. Uh, the pick here, um, a huge, mammoth human being, 6'7", 364 pounds, road grader in the run game, going to open up many holes for Nick Chubb um, in the running back position. They got Kareem Hunt back as well to sign his restricted free agent tender. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a potent offensive line right there, bookends on either side. Um, of course, you got Jarvis Landry, OBJ, Baker, really doesn't really have many excuses now and I think that's what the front office is honestly what what you need to do at this point you're going into year three you need to see what you have and you you know as long if he doesn't have any excuses as to why things are going wrong then you know you know you know you know what you have you know uh, what you have moving forward and what you need to address in future drafts but again that's the first part of the mock draft uh, 2020 uh, I am Brett Kohler this is breakfast with Brett um We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, not sure if it'll be the same time, but it, it'll be sometime tomorrow. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you all for listening. And again, Breakfast with Brett. I am your host, Brett Kohler. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.